0: payin no time with the host with the time that's a messiness s n s s n s s n s payin no time with the host k v that's a messiness s n s s n s but i got 3 words for you you like that Yeah! My people, welcome back to the Being Technical Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Aaron Bien, where I'm just being honest, however you're streaming me today, whether that's Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or even the Anchor app, glad you tuned in to t- this uh, week's episode, and man, oh man, what a week to start off the 2020, obviously, you know what I'm going to talk about, the big shocker, Of the last week, the Minnesota Vikings pulled off the craziest upset, taking out arguably the best team in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints. Do you like that? I sure liked it. Woo! Getting in my inner Ric Flair here. We're going to dive deep into that game. Also, the other uh, playoff games, the wild card weekend. Also, we're going to preview... uh, the, this week's uh, wild card matchups. But first, not gonna lie, I was not expecting the Vikings to go into the Superdome and beat the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees and that high-powered offense and pulling it off in stunning fashion in overtime, 26 to 20. To be honest, I'm still, as you can see, I'm still excited over the game, even though the game was on Sunday. It's past Sunday. My adrenaline is still up. They had my uh, pulse going. In just the stunning fashion that they did it, I'll tell you what. I'm shocked. I'm sure everyone's shocked. America's shocked. Because everybody had the Saints in the Super Bowl. I honestly almost came close to not watching it. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to get blown out. thought it was going to get ugly. And then I thought uh, after that blowout loss, our team was going to be in limbo. We were possibly going to be going into the uh, offseason with a missing coach. Uh, GM probably could have been gone. They could have possibly traded Cousins. And in a span of a week, they changed the whole narrative. First off, though, I want to say to my fellow school Nation, I deeply apologize For underestimating this team As you may know I'm a long long time Diehard Vikings fan And uh, this is the first time In a long time That I Honestly had Little to absolutely no hope In them winning the game Even being competitive But they fought They battled And they pulled off the game also, I know everyone's been on my ass after the game. Uh, obviously, you guys know I've been pretty uh, highly critical of Mike Zimmer. I've been saying he should be fired. Uh, he can't coach a big game, can't beat a good team. I will, I'll be first to say I apologize to Mike Zimmer. He put together a, a hell of a game plan. Uh, he made He made uh, adjustments. Uh, he he uh, made uh, the way he covered Michael Thomas, how he slowed down Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, how he pressured Breeze. That was a remarkable game plan by Mike Zimmer, putting the ends, Griffin, and uh, Hunter in, putting him inside. Instead of having him play on the outside, had him play inside and bring him pressure toward the guards, where that was the Saints' biggest weakness, he noticed that, and I will give him credit where credits due. Shout out to Mike Zimmer. You coached a hell of a game. You silenced the critics, including me. But you still have more to prove. Um, is this just? Is, was this just a one-game wonder? Uh, or can you? Can we build on this momentum? Uh, the way you, I see it, the Vikings really have nothing to lose because they're not really even supposed to be here. They were the sixth seed. Everyone doubted him. Everyone thought the Saints were going to run us over. We're going to blow us out. Everyone had the Saints penciled in as going to the Super Bowl, arguably the best NFC team. And they went in there, slowed down Michael Thomas. I thought he was going to torch us. And also, I got to give credit where credit's due. Xavier Rose played a pretty good game. He stepped up. Even though he did give up that one long touchdown, I mean, I'm not going to blame him for that. You know, Taysom Hill was kind of running around, so nah, we didn't, I didn't think he was going to throw a 50 yard bomb that kind of caught Rhodes off guard. So I'm not going to crush him for that, but I'll give him credit where credit's due. That was the first road playoff win for the Vikings in 2004 when they played the Packers. Same predicament. No one expected them to win. Limped in the playoffs, pulled a shocking upset, beat Green Bay. But we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to the next round later. But also, I got to give credit to Kirk Cousins. He played clean football. Made some key, key throws down the uh, in that game, throwing that first deep ball with pressure to Thielen to hit it at the twenty-yard line, and then also throwing that a oh, beautiful. Thing of beauty, 43-yard bomb on the money in the breadbasket to Adam Thielen to set up the game-winning touchdown to Kyle Rudolph on third and goal fade route, and I must say, those are usually games the Vikings don't win in overtime. When the Vikings were up 20-10, I was like, okay, you know, the Saints still can make a comeback. They ended up tying the ball game. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to overtime. This is just not a game the Vikings win. And they ended up winning the coin toss and pulling off the victory. And I must say, having them win the way they did. Cousins being poised in the pocket, making key throws. And also a big shout-out to Dalvin Cook. Man, is this offense so much better and so much more efficient when Dalvin Cook's out there. Just because knowing you have the threat of Dalvin Cook in that backfield, they start running the football. That play action starts coming. And you notice a lot of that that deep ball, that 43-yard deep ball. to Thielen was set up on an 11-yard pass from Dalvin Cook. Next play, they were able to set up play action. Defense bit. Stack the box. Rifle. but. Does every game the Vikings in have to be a, a, a theatrical, down-to-the-wire game? Do they always have to stress us out like that? Like, can they just ever just play a game and just win? Like, for instance, they run a toss play. Dalvin goes down. and He didn't just have to go bomb. The ball had to fly up in the air. The Saints had to pick it up. They run it, all, run it and score a touchdown. I'm like, oh, man. When I saw that play, I was like, oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go again. Here's the collapse. Vikings fans even knew it. Like, yep, this is where they collapsed. Had, had our blood pressure going. And then to come to find out, you look at the replay, he was down. But this is the story of Vikings games. He didn't just have to go down. He had to go down. The ball had to fling up. Them running back For the moment looked like they took the lead twenty 24. I'm like oh god here we go again Played a perfect game we're gonna blow it like this Good thing he was overturned And We ended up winning the game but Obviously looking at it in the Saints, Saints side You lose another uh, Heartbreaking playoff game Three years in a row two times to the Same Minnesota Vikings team One with the Minneapolis Miracle Diggs catches the ball uh, gets in the end zone The rest was history That blown Pass interference call Against the Rams last year And um, They lose that one And obviously the Saints Cried and moaned about it And all this and that And then they were basically uh, Forced to put this stupid Review penalty uh, Pass interference review rule in Because Sean Payton Obviously is on the Safety uh, Whatever the 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 competition committee so he basically moaned, put the billboards up in Atlanta about the pass interference. So what did they do? They put the rule in. They basically, the NFL just did that. So the Saints could kind of just shut up about it. But basically they never overturned that. They hardly overturned pass interference just because they're such a bang-bang play. And ironically, Kyle Rudolph catches the touchdown in overtime in the corner, which kind of looked like pass interference. When he caught the ball, used, the, the NFL was like, nope, that, we're not reviewing that. That was a more to stick it to Sean Payton's like, yeah, we're not going to review that. Even though it looked like Kyle Rudolph pushed off. But when you really look at it, the corner kind of grabbed him first. So it looked like, you know, they were jostling. So it was almost, if you were to call it pass interference, you would have had to call it defensive pass interference. And um, basically would be offsetting penalties. But, but. The irony of it all, the NFL said, nope, we're not reviewing that. The NFL's got, the, the refs got the hell up out that stadium. And, they, and the Vikings ended up winning. And you know what? That made me happy. Because uh, the iron, the irony of it all, that is what you get. Sean Payton, you deserve all the misery you're getting. All the refs blowing the calls. You deserve it. I know the Saints fans, you guys are... You guys are devastated once again. You guys lost at the hands of the refs. But you know what? I don't feel bad for you because you don't have anybody else to blame but your head coach, Sean Payton, and your quarterback, Drew Brees, when uh, when you, if you guys forgot back in 2009, 2010, your coach sold his soul to the devil. Uh, so did Drew Brees uh, with those bush league tactics that they pulled off in Bounty Gate in which they won their lone Super Bowl. That's what happens when you sell your soul for instant gratification. And the refs bailed you out that year. And you got your one Super Bowl. You got your, your you know your, your instant gratification. And when you sell your soul to the devil, bad things happen later on in life. And that's what you get. That is karma for you, Sean Payton. I don't feel an ounce of uh an ounce of sympathy for you. That's what you get. And then you cried about the stupid pass interference call, right reviewing uh, pass interference, and you didn't get the review at the end. So you get what you deserve. I'm happy seeing Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints losing misery brings nothing but joy in my soul. After what they did to Bounty Gate, how they robbed us of a chance to go to the Super Bowl back in 09 when they tried to, Basically, rip Brett Favre in half with their cheap shots and their low hints and basically tried to take him out the game. When they, you know, they got their Super Bowl. And what did he get the next year? He got a one-year suspension, and nothing good happens to him ever since then. So, you got what you deserve, Sean Payton. Drew Brees, you got what you deserve. Sell your soul, and this is what you get. I don't feel bad. And you know what? I am still bitter about 9 in 2010, Bounty Gate, because that was arguably the closest we've ever been to getting to the Super Bowl, but you cheap-shotted your way to the Super Bowl, and I will not get over it until the Vikings make it to at least the Super Bowl. But for now, seeing the Minneapolis miracle happen against New Orleans Saints, and this year, Kirk Cousins throwing a game-winning touchdown to Kyle Rudolph in the back of the end zone in the Superdome brings a little bit of joy into my heart, but... It's not over yet. So that's what you get. I'm happy. Now I wish nothing but uh, no success from here on out for the New Orleans Saints. I hope the Saints suck for the rest of for the next how many ever years. Good riddance. Anyways. But back to, back to the, the, the divisional round. Back to the teams that are in the playoffs. The Vikings have to go on a short week, have to play the San Francisco 49ers on a short week after beating what everyone said was the best team in the NFC, was the New Orleans Saints. Now, on a short week, have to go to uh, San Francisco to play that 49ers uh, team, who's well rested, has got a bye, might be getting some guys back from injury. Uh, Can the Vikings carry that momentum, that that, uh, emotional momentum on a short week? Against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember the last time the Vikings won an emotional game like that? 2017. The next week they went down to Philadelphia. Laid the, laid the biggest deuce on the field. And got run, ran off the, out of Philadelphia. So hopefully they can carry the momentum. Keep, that, keep their composure against 49ers. It's going to be another tough battle. But we shall see. Obviously, you saw at the end of the game, Harrison Smith and some guys were saying, hey, guys, this week's over. Let's now prepare for 49ers. They remembered what happened last time, uh, two years ago. So I see that you started to see some, see that this team is battle-tested. And we can see how that goes, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but I must say, I like kind of where the Vikings are. No one, uh, no one's expecting much from them. They kind of can play that underdog role, and then they pull off a win like that. And what? And you know what kind of bothers me? We saw, you know, Vikings pull off a win like that, and what did they do? They go, these news sports networks keep talking about the stupid Dallas Cowboys. Again, another 8-8 team. As soon as you've seen some good football this week, you go back and talk about the stupid Cowboys and them hiring Mike McCarthy. Whoa, and then that's all they talk about. You know what? I will give credit to Jerry Jones. He sure knows how to t- steal the spotlight. You saw some excellent football games this past weekend, and the first thing they do to talk about on Monday is the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones. I'll give you credit, man. You know how to, You know how to steal the spotlight. You know how to draw attention to you. I do commend you for that. I uh, kind of like it like that. Kind of keep, keep the Vikings under the radar. And, hey, we can, we can still stay under the radar. And this week was no better than for Kirk Cousins. He was finally able to get that playoff monkey off his back, win a big game. Uh, justify his contract because that's what he was brought for. It wasn't to go make just make it to the playoffs. It was to be that missing piece to carry the team over the top. Him finally hitting that deep ball to Thielen, you know, he was missing that throw a lot this year. Connecting on that deep ball now, he can relieve some pressure off Kirk Cousins. He can play a little bit looser now this week, knowing he uh, he got a win under his belt, and now the pressure shifts to Jimmy Garoppolo now because. Unlike, just like Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo got a big contract. Uh, also unproven. First playoff game for him in his career. I know he won a Super Bowl as the backup, though, in the, with New England. So he's also got the pressure on him now. Uh, having to uh, live up to the contract. Being the number one seed. Expecting to win, having to buy. So we'll see how Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo can also... Uh, Live up to the spotlight Because we have never seen Jimmy, Jimmy G uh, Porn star Jimmy We haven't seen him in a moment like this So Can Mike Zimmer Drop another game plan Where he can rattle Jimmy G And kind of get him on his toes And see What he can do To kind of get in his head Because I mean the 49ers have some weapons Another uh, another test, because when you really look at the 49ers, they're almost like a mirror image of one another. Both like to run the football. Both like to use their running game to open up the passing game. Both have similar quarterbacks. And also, which is another intriguing thing, the Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan, Kirk Cousins kind of uh, connection, you know, reliability that they have. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan, uh... First gig in the NFL was under Gary Kubiak, who also coached under his uh, dad, Mike Shanahan, back in Denver. Both run that zone-blocking scheme. And then when Cousins moved on to, uh, with his job in Washington, he drafted alongside with his dad, Mike Shanahan, and uh, Kirk Cousins. They thought highly of him. There was also rumors of Kirk Cousins find, you know, finding his way to San Francisco. That could have been a possible destination for him. You know, Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins kind of have a connection, so that should be kind of an intriguing matchup, as they both have run that Mike Shanahan style zone zone uh, blocking scheme. Both teams know one another. Both teams know each other's offenses. Obviously, Shanahan knows Kubiak's uh, system. Kubiak knows Shanahan's system, because you know they you know San Francisco may have a little bit more wrinkles. You know, a lot about the gun, a lot of sweeps to the outside. They have a three-headed running back. Committee with Mozart, Coleman, Brita And they have an all pro tight end in George Kittle And also Looking at the Vikings defense With Barr and Kendricks Who are arguably one of the best covering linebackers In the NFL And another chess This is going to be a game of uh, basically of chess Who can make the right move I'm very intrigued with this 49ers matchup We'll see how they fare On a short week Like I said the pressure's off them And Looming, if the Vikings somehow can pull this off, I wouldn't love any more than a rematch with the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field What a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I, I'm trying to bottle up my emotions. I, I, I know it's going to be a tough task. I don't know if they can beat the 49ers. That's another tough matchup. But if somehow they can beat the 49ers, on Saturday, which I, I don't know, I'm not gonna have my hopes up. You know, obviously, it's just they're kind of playing with house money. You know, if they make it, they make it. If they don't, hey, they got to where they needed, you know, they, they got to the divisional round. They weren't expected to be there, but if somehow they can pull off the forty beat the 49ers, I am going to cheer for the Green Bay Packers to beat the Seattle Seahawks because I want no other game where. I, for a chance to go to the Super Bowl you get to beat the Green Bay Packers and which the first two meetings they played this year they had a chance to beat they had that game kind of won the Vikings could easily won both those games but the Packers ended up winning having a chance to get them one more time to prove that they're the better team than Green Bay Packers and go to the Super Bowl I, if they if those teams meet which I, I I pray I pray I might even drive the Lambo but Packers have their own worries with the Seahawks. Obviously, the 49ers probably thinking the same thing. They beat the Vikings. They would love a chance to pay their division rival, Seattle Seahawks, at home with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I know their fans are probably thinking the same thing we're thinking. Divisional rival, chance to go to the Super Bowl. We got some intriguing matchups in the NFC. But I'm going to switch to the other teams. Obviously, seeing the Texans beat uh, the Buffalo Bills down 16-0. Watson, that that guy is amazing. Once again, saves Bill O'Brien's job. Uh, Another pedestrian uh, coach that uh, saves his head coach's job again. Pulling off that comeback against the Bills. That that was like the Texans-Bills is almost like the, oh, there's a, you know, felt like, oh, there's a playoff game on. It was almost like, oh, there's an NFL playoff game on today. I guess we'll watch game. But good for the Texans. Titans. Beating the Patriots, which was another shocker that people they haven't been talking about, Mike Vrabel playing under his co- uh playing against, coaching against his former head coach that he played under and won three Super Bowl with Bill Belichick, beating him in Foxborough to possibly ending the dynasty. And of course, uh, riding the back of Derrick Henry, who I said is arguably the best running back in football, and he showed it where he just gashed the Patriots for like 182 yards. Uh, And, again, when it's cold and you see a 250-pound running back coming at you who can run like a horse, I wouldn't want to tackle him either. He is going to be a problem for the Ravens next coming week. But beating them 14-13, to 13, and now you got all this uh, doubt with the Patriots. Is Brady going to come back? Are they going to try to do it again? But got to give the Titans credit. Brabel knows the Patriots. He was able to out-coach Belichick. Props to the Titans and the Seahawks, I guess. I guess they beat the Eagles. Who cares? The Eagles were limping into the playoffs. They were banged up. Seahawks are also banged up, but they took out Wentz in that game. Clowney's hit took out Wentz, and I I guess they barely beat Josh McCown. So, whatever. Who cares? There are some intriguing, like I said, divisional round playoff games. Vikings 49ers. Uh, You got the Kubiak ones again. Kubiak Shanahan-Cousins. Uh, connection Ravens Titans they're gonna bring out the the chin strap smash mouth football you might see like 90 carries in this game between two teams basically both teams are gonna beat each other up and whoever is left standing is gonna win the game you got the Chiefs and the Texans and uh who the Bears should have drafted over Trubisky Bowl with Pat Mahomes going against Deshaun Watson And I must say, I'm so glad the Chicago Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky over Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson because if they ended up drafting Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, the Bears probably would have been a problem in the division. Uh, The Vikings would have been in trouble. But that should be an intriguing matchup. Two brothers going at it for a chance to go to the AFC Championship game. Uh, I think the Chiefs are loaded on offense. They're they're a team in the AFC. No one talk is talking about. Uh, they could also they could make a run at the Super Bowl. I know everyone's talking about the Baltimore Ravens and Jackson, Lamar Action Jackson, and all that. But that's gonna be an intriguing matchup. You got the Packers and the Seahawks. I, once again, I don't care who cares about that matchup. I, well, it depends. Honestly, it depends on who wins between the Vikings and 49ers. That will determine that I- that's when I will care about that game. Obviously, if the Vikings lose to the 49ers, I don't care about that game. I guess I'll root against the Packers just because I hate the Packers. But I'm gonna keep an eye on that game depending on how the Saturday night game goes. If there's two teams I hate in all of professional sports, it's the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers number one, just because I hate the Packers, I hate Wisconsin, I had everything to do with Wisconsin. I hated driving to Wisconsin when my sister went to school there. Had to drive through that stupid state. And I just felt sick every time I went there. But we get a chance. We already had the Badgers knock out the Gophers this year. So, how about a little redemption? Vikings get a chance to the Packers. Bittersweet matchup to get with the Packers, but whatever. We'll see. Anyways, let's switch gears here a little bit. Obviously, Beside the, the playoffs, there's been some coaching hires. He got uh, Ron Rivera got hired to the Redskins. That was like the first hire. You had Mike McCarthy going to the Dallas Cowboys, which I think was a great hire. People don't give Mike McCarthy the credit he deserved in Green Bay. He won a Super Bowl. His only Super Bowl, ironically, was in Jerry's world. He won Super Bowl at AT and Stadium when he was with the Packers when they beat the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so I think that was some intrigue that Jerry Jones saw. Head coach uh, the win a Super Bowl in his arena. Uh, they were going to the playoffs consistently when he was with Green Bay uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I know he had Aaron Rodgers, but I don't care what anybody says. Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of credit for the development of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers because when Aaron Rodgers was drafted in Green Bay, he didn't really have much expectations. He got to sit behind Brett Favre. Mike McCarthy kind of broke down his throwing mechanics. He kind of changed the way he threw. He kind of uh, nurtured him, developed him into the quarterback he is. I think Mike McCarthy will do wonders for Dak Prescott. Like I said, that was a very good hire. People don't give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit, and that's coming from a Vikings fan. Mike McCarthy is a really good coach. They kind of fizzled out later. You know, obviously with Aaron Rodgers, Um, they you know they just kind of grew sick of one another. They was they've been together for. 10, 15 plus years Him as the backup in Green Bay And then finally going to You know, finally being the starters They kind of just grew You know, st- the relationship kind of got stale And sometimes, you know They just both needed a fresh start of new, You know So That's another one Ah, Matt Rule The guy from Baylor Ah, whatever I don't know I, I don't think much of him He was a college coach Ain't he got, what, 70 or 60 million dollars How does a guy Who just came from college not like he won the national championship At You know, with Baylor, I mean, he coached Temple. Okay, whoop de doo. And then he turned around them and he kind of turned around Baylor, but I mean, they did win 11 games, but they they lost to Oklahoma twice and they got smacked by Georgia. So I don't know if, I don't know what warrants him to get a seven year, $60 million deal, at least with when Oakland hired John Gruden. He was there before, he was a proven head coach. He won a Super Bowl as a head coach with the Bucs. So I can see. I can see that, but I don't know. And again, Giants hired some guy named Judge Joe Brown or Judge, whatever his name is, Joe who? Joe Judge? I don't know. They, New York Giants hired some guy named Joe Judge. You hired the wrong judge, New York. You got Aaron Judge with the Yankees. They're not related. So I don't know what warranted him to get a head coaching job with the Giants. Whatever, I guess. Browns, their job's still open. I know they they get a chance of whoever's left. They got McDaniel's, Josh McDaniel's left. You got Kevin Stefanski, who they're interviewing. I think Schwartz. I honestly, I don't know why. Not to sound like you know, I like Kevin Stefanski. I want him to stay, but personally speaking, I don't think he deserves a head coaching job. He's only been a coordinator for like a year in some games. Uh, first full year, and it's not like it's his offense. Not like he drew up the play. He has an you know an advisor in Gary Kubiak. He's basically just calling calling Gary Kubiak's place. So I don't know what warrants him to get a head coaching job. I mean, I, maybe that's just me saying I want him to stay, but whatever, I guess. I mean, if he gets the job, he gets the job. But my problem is uh, why Why are the black coaches getting any opportunities to interview? You're not really hearing any, can't, uh, any uh, black coaches getting chances to get any of these real interviews. I mean, there's like, what, three... Black coaches and one Hispanic coach in the NFL right now. You got uh, Mike Tomlin, who's arguably one of the greatest best head coaches in the NFL right now. You got Anthony Lynn with the Chargers, and then I think you got. Uh, I think I'm tapping out on uh, one more. Um, I think that's the ones I can remember. I know, more, and then you got Ron Rivera. So, but where? Why aren't any of the uh, black coaches getting a chance? Didn't the NFL implement a Rooney rule? I just feel like a lot of these teams are just kind of just using the Rooney rule as just like a scapegoat. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What we'll interview a coaching minority? You know, coach. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian Flores of the Dolphins. I forgot my mistake. He's the third black coach that's in, the, that's in the NFL. Who's also doing? Who did a great job with the Dolphins with what they had? And how is it guys like Matt Rule and Joe Judge getting opportunities, but you got coaches like Eric Bieniemy, who's coaching under Kansas City. He was also a coach on the Vikings staff. Jim Caldwell, who last time I checked, was the last coach to take the Detroit Lions to the playoffs. He did a great job with the Indianapolis Colts. How come he's not getting any uh, interviews, any talk, any buzz? Marvin Lewis, I mean, he was... Look at the Bengals since he left. I get it. He didn't win a playoff game in 16 years with with the Bengals, but at least they were competitive. At least he took them to the playoffs with Andy Dalton. He leaves, and then they win, like, three games. I know they had Hugh Jackson, but... I. well, he went to Cleveland, but, again, he wasn't given a fair chance. And then you hire this Zach Taylor guy, and they win two games or one game, whatever the hell they won. And, and I feel like they're getting a raw deal. They're not getting any opportunities. You get all these bunch of unqualified coaches getting these jobs somehow. Cliff Kingsbury, it's not like he was winning like that in college, and all of a sudden he gets a head coaching job. Even though he, he did pretty good this year, but still, he didn't warrant any head coaching consideration. Zach Taylor just because he was friends with Sean McVay, he gets a job. And what does he do with basically the same team Marvin Lewis had in Cincinnati? He won two games. Adam Gase gets fired with the Dolphins, and then he gets a job with the Jets. He's a, what does he have to show for it to keep getting job opportunities? He got to coach Peyton Manning. Woo, great. And Wilkes was given one year with the Cardinals. He gets fired. I just feel like this stupid Rooney rule is just a scapegoat that these NFL teams are using just to say they're hiring a minority coach or interviewing a minority coach, but really they know who they want, which is an indictment of corporate America anyways. They, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. You know, These owners want to hire you know, a friend of a friend of who they know. They have some connection. And I feel like the NFL needs to give black coaches more chances, minority coaches more chances. That's my thought. Let me know what you think. again you can follow me on Twitter just be an Aaron. also on Instagram just be an Aaron. Uh, you can uh, again you can listen to me and uh, you can subscribe to me on Spotify. you can also stream me on Google uh, Google podcast, Apple Podcasts uh, Spotify the anchor app overcast it does not matter which platform you prefer as long as you're listening. Yeah 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 I'm out of here. Woo-hoo. We out of here room room I'm out. Top, 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 top us out, top us out